Thanks for listening to Open the Word. Today, we're throwing it back and dusting off an episode from the archives. We've had some great conversations over a decade of radio ministry that deserve to be heard again. So you might hear some new voices and old references, but we hope you still enjoy these episodes. You found a place to belong here in the Circle of Friends. I'm Missy, and today I'm with Joanne and Carol and Dawn. What a great week we've been having talking about generations. And there's so much information here, guys. I feel like I have learned so much. But how much fun this has been, Dawn. I have so enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to today because I have 10 grandchildren, nine of them, which are Generation Z. All right. And so it's going to help me to understand my grandchildren who are buried in telephones. Yes, they are. (laughs) Generation Z. That's what I have two Generation Z children. One is he's at the top of the... He was born actually in 1997, and so these years are 1997 to 2012 is what we're looking at for Generation Z, and so he is getting ready to be a senior in college, if that helps you kind of place where that generation falls. So a lot of people think those are millennials. They're not. If they're in college now, they're Generation Z, and then that goes down to 1997, or 2000, 1997, yeah. Anyway, all that thing to 2012. My daughter is 15, so she's Generation Z as well. They were parented by some Xers, like myself, and then also by some millennials, And so you've got both things going on there. Um, I like to think about, we think about that working relationship. So you had the baby boomers, Joanne and Missy. That generation is I live to work. Okay. Mm -hmm. Carol and my generation, Generation X, we were work-life balance. You go to my, my first two kids' generation, the millennials, and it is I work to live. Meaning I work because I want to, you know, I need to provide for myself, but that's my life is not about work. And then you move into Generation Z and it's like, well, what's their work relationship? And do you even know that? And well, here's what I think it is. Ideas are currency. Ideas uh. are currency is Generation Z's working relationship because they see the things that happen in the world. The ideas are what, the, the, what we call the disruptors, Airbnb. That's ideas or currency. You look at Uber, ideas or currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at even Facebook, Zuckerberg. You look at all those things are, it's the disruptors in the in the business world that come in and all of a sudden take this market Amazon. That's ideas or currency. Mm-hmm. And so when they look at that, that's how they feel like you are only one good idea away from, from the world is your oyster. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there is, so that's how they view that. It's a little bit different than what maybe you would have viewed mm-hmm. it and what I would have viewed it. And, mm-hmm. and doesn't that translate also into then, like you see the um, YouTube stars and things like oh, yeah. that. You're one idea away from becoming influencers. famous. <laughs> becoming an influencer. Sorry. Well, yeah. Well, so that's one thing we'll talk about with Generation Z and even this goes moves over to Alpha is, you know, toy companies. They're all about, is it Ryan's Toys? Ryan's Toys is a YouTube site where this little boy started when he was like maybe six, started unboxing toys. And now he's got all of these, uh, you know, toy stores and different toy companies endorse him. His income is amazing. Because of now, him what is influencing he for toys. He's famous, <laughs> he, right? He's famous for unboxing toys. On so YouTube. He gets a toy. He's on YouTube. He's like, and this is what it looks like. And he unboxes it and he takes it out. And oh, and it does this and it does this. Is and it new kid, toys or just? Yeah. And kids just. Like he does toy you know, reviews. I think I heard, I think I heard one of my grandchildren talk about that. Yeah. So that's a huge thing is they'll watch that. Like advertisers or companies are finding wow, we can't just market through TV anymore. YouTube marketing is huge because kids watch more on YouTube now than they do on actual television. And so they market through YouTube, but a lot of it comes through these internet influencers that are promoting. And that's the same thing with Z. So I know like London's 15, she doesn't play with toys anymore, but it's the same thing for makeup tutorials. 
those girls that are out there doing makeup stuff, doing, they're getting sponsorships from makeup companies or they're making their own makeup lines. It's not always girls doing makeup anymore. I got to remember that because of the gender fluidity. So you're having on both sides going on. And, but that's how they're looking at, I'm one idea away from making my fortune. This is just mind boggling for a baby boomer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because it's all about how hard well, I you just, work. I'm picturing that I'm going to go to YouTube and watch some kid unpackage toys. Yeah, you go look at it. You know, I one of my grandchildren you. is into that because I, I heard them talking about that. Like she just wants to be glued to the YouTube and she's watching. That just seems strange. Right? <laughs> well, I, I guess I have a question about that as far as parents because I limited what my kids saw and they they make fun of me now. They're like, Mom, you didn't let us watch this or that. And I'm like, yes, because I didn't want that in your head. So how, like, I'm interested to see how this generation is being parented with, because you just have expansion, expansion, yeah. expansion into what is available to them. Yeah. And how do parents limit or, um, you know, you want them to be exposed to ideas without being... Again, going to that Christian worldview yeah. of how do we raise kids in this generation to follow God in a way that, um, you know, we have to talk about the issues, but, and we know that this is how they communicate well, and these are the influences, but how do we use that to train them up? Yeah. I, I use that word train. I know I just did that. <laughs> so, so one of the things with this parenting, this generation in general, parents are scared. Parents are scared. I say we because I'm a parent of this generation. I know that I am one decision away from catastrophic stupid all the time with my kids because there is not so much room for forgiveness because there's so much other influence out there. So that's one thing. It's scary. And I don't know, you know, they have to be digitally fluid because every career is going to require digital. But then on the other side, how much is too much? They need to know things, but how much is too much? How do I help them set boundaries? Because the thing is, they have access to so much. You have to realize now, even in school, I mean, even in our little town, rural Ohio, they use Chromebooks for school. And I know the school tries to lock stuff down, but you go look at the school's media policy and you see there, there are certain things are like this website. Make sure your kids stay off this website. It says it's a school thing. It's not a school thing. We're not affiliated. Look at this. You know, you have to really be informed. And what happens is we start to parent out of fear rather than parenting out of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so now it's, I'm trying to protect you from I was everything. Say, there's a protection there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we're, we're afraid of everything. Because even as a grandparent, I worry about those things because I am also like, what exactly are these kids being exposed to and how do you protect them? Yes. Well, and it, it does get back, it, get, it gets down to giving them a foundation of making decisions for themselves. That's about it. What, mm -hmm. what is good for them and what is not good for them. Parameters. And giving them the spiritual foundation, truly, to yeah. say, look, you're going to be exposed to a lot of things. This is the way the world is. We live in a broken, fallen world. Sin is everywhere. And you live with a flesh nature, you know, and you have and an see, enemy. But you say all those things, Missy, and the thing is you have to understand it has to go past that. Because that is what we're used to hearing, and we accept that. For the generations that follow us, everything has to have the why behind it. Well, and God is a God. I mean, he is a right. God of reason and logic and why. He is. And so you can look at anything and say, here's why. Here's consequences of why. And, that, but, and you have to go you, really deep you have into to go, all of it. I, I was going to say, you have to go. All deep. You have to go with the word of God. If you don't give them the word of God, then they don't have the why. Yep. Mm -hmm. but, and that's been true throughout all the generations. They don't have that foundation. But they need the foundation of the why this yeah. is what this looks like this is what happened these are the consequences and and helping them 
learn the consequences of their own decisions, which yes. maybe their parents or the former Do generation didn't get. Do they understand consequences? Yes. Actually, Generation Z understands consequence better than millennials. Because they have seen people live in consequence. Yes. They have seen the person who posted something on social media that got their college scholarship revoked. Right. So, yes, they do. Good. They understand consequence in general better. Now, sometimes they learn it the hard way. You know, they go through the consequence Mm -hmm. because now there are more consequences for things. But, yes, I think they do. And that is one of the things with Generation Z is when in the age of 13 to 20-year-olds, since 2013, anxiety has climbed doubled. Suicide, uh, attempted suicide has doubled. Yeah. Depression has doubled in that age group in the last six years. Why? They're totally overwhelmed. They're oh, totally they overwhelmed. To they understand consequence to the point of, I go to school and I could get shot. Like my daughter said to me, London, or she said, mom, I shouldn't be afraid to go to school. That shouldn't be something I have to deal with. What am I going to say other than you're right? It shouldn't be something you have to deal with, mm-hmm. but you are. So they're dealing with things that they're not emotionally equipped to deal with. There's an article that I I really liked that was really helpful. It was written by an eighth grade teacher. And I would it's called Middle School Misfortunes. If you Google that on online, you can find it. But what he does is he talks about he's an eighth grade teacher. He talks about the differences between eighth grade now and ten years ago and what kids are going through. He goes through this this boy's life. And he's like, so it, 10 years ago, he starts out, he gets up, his mom leaves for work early, but he has breakfast with his dad and his sisters. And while they all have cell phones, they're not smartphones. So they sit around the table and they talk. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to school and he talks about a typical day. They, he goes to lunch and they have a tomato soup and a sandwich and he has his soup and sandwich. No one really likes the soup. He spills it on himself. There's older kids that are sitting there. They're watching actually the kids in seventh grade, the eighth graders are watching the seventh graders and they're like laughing. If people are, you know, cause there's a wet spot on the floor. If they slip, they laugh at him. Okay. So that's their thing. And so this kid, he falls, he spills soup on himself. Those kids laugh. He goes and changes into his gym clothes, hopes, you know, nobody really saw. Then those kids, they're trying to retell the story to other kids. And most kids just think it's mean to, well, that's kind of mean to make fun of him for spilling soup. And it's, that's the end of it. He goes home and it's over. Now it's 10 years later, same story. But now when he gets up in the morning, yeah, mom went to work, brother and sisters are there, or father and sisters are there. Father's on his, on email. Sisters are playing a game. One's playing a game. One's on Instagram. Nobody talks to him. He eats his breakfast. He goes to school. Same situation in the cafeteria. He goes to lunch. He eats a sandwich. Oh, so for him, he gets on his phone. That's an important thing. He gets on his phone in the morning. He starts checking his Instagram, seeing how many followers he has. How many likes does he have? Because this generation is, remember I said I am? We had I am, I am what I do for the for the baby boomers. I am all things to all people for Generation X. Then we have I am my recognition for millennials. Now for Generation Z, we have I am my likes. I am mm-hmm. my likes. So they're looking at how many, how many followers do I have? Did I lose followers since yesterday? That's, do people accept me and love me? That's my followers. And so now he goes to school. The same thing happens. He eats, he spills his soup. But now the kids are sitting there and they have, they have smartphones and they're not really supposed to have them out. But if it's not in class, teachers don't really care. So they video it. They video him spilling. Now they, it goes viral. Everybody's got the video. He thinks nobody saw it. He goes to class. Everybody's looking at him. Everybody's pointing. He knows everybody saw it. Now, because he's being ostracized, because he's the goofball or whatever, now he starts to lose followers. And in meanwhile, that other kid that posted it, he's wanting to do this more because he's getting likes. And likes for that generation actually releases a chemical t- called dopamine in their brain. Mm-hmm. And dopamine is a feel-good chemical. The same thing people get from things like smoking cigarettes releases dopamine. And so it's this feel-good chemical they get and they become addicted to it. 
And so what happens is you get someone addicted to it and you have someone else that is living in their own private torture because they feel ostracized, mm -hmm. not accepted. Those four things that we need, they're not getting those four things. Mm -hmm. And they don't talk about it because everybody's, everyone, including the parent, is too involved in their phone, too involved in their own world. And now they're dealing with it privately and they don't know how to handle it. And mm. they feel like if they talk about it, it's stupid. Like, that's a dumb thing to talk to my parents about. I spilled soup. They're not going to understand. Because usually the parents are going to go, well, it's going to pass. And everybody spills things sometimes. And it's not that that's big exactly of a deal. exactly what we would say. <laughs> yes. And it's a big deal to them. Mm -hmm. And so you have to understand they're living in a way different world than we lived in. Well, you talk about a different world. I mean, that is just, it is, it's hard to even relate. But yet, you know, it's true. I mean, it's like we've seen it. We've heard it. Um, I mean, you don't have to go very far to be aware that this stuff is happening and you hear about the likes and the followers and even, you know, I'm not on any social media. I've chosen not to be, but I am still, I still hear about it. I still am aware that it's out there and that it's happening, but we don't realize what it is doing to our generation. And when I see what this generation is dealing with, I can't help but feel sorry for them. <sighs> Me too. Me I too. mean, what an overwhelming world to grow up in. And just the pressure. You can see why there's anxiety. Boy, we've got our work cut out for us. We do. Mm -hmm. We do. How do we bring truth into that? You know, how yes. do we gain real perspective? And mm -hmm. it's, it's hard because some of those things, you know, when we're going through the throes of adolescence, we all felt certain ways to a degree, right? We all felt less than in yes, some ways. Sure and we, we all did. felt there was things that we dealt with. It's just that now it's so magnified. Mm -hmm. And now, just like Carol had said before, the news that they get, you know, they're getting, and it's all emotional and it's all hyped up. And reality shows where reality is not really reality. You know, everything yeah. is filtered content. So they're seeing things that they think are real that aren't real. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing. Well, and I try to picture myself and I think about all the awkward things that happened in my life. Suppose the whole world saw it. Yeah. How would I feel? What would that do exactly. to my self-image? I just cannot even imagine. Yeah. And it is interesting because even as, um, you know, someone who's 50 now or whatever, I see things that, like, I don't watch much news, because I don't want to be depressed, but I want to know what's going on. Right. But I, I caught a whiff of something like on Facebook or something. And I was like, what happened? So within 24 hours, there was a story that broke. Um, it was about somebody who tweeted something, somebody famous tweeted something. And so then I went and researched it. I was like, what happened? And within 24 hours, you have this big like backlash and all these conversations about what this person said. And I have to... This was an adult, and I'm thinking, how does someone who's 15, 12, deal with that kind of yeah. backlash? They say something dumb, and mm -hmm. now everybody's and the world hating knows on them. It. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, it's great. They're looking, they're waiting for that famous moment or whatever, but you don't want to be famous that Well, way. especially yeah. when the likes are what's important to you. Yeah. 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 And so then how do we, how do we parent them? How do we, in our churches, you know, again, yeah. I go back to that. Like, how do we, how do our churches and our businesses and our families deal with these things in a way that you, like you said, how do we bring truth yeah. in a so way? One of the that things that, sense. again, we talked about values before, and that's universal truth to help. And that's something that we focus on. You know, our sister organization is Antivirus. And Antivirus is taking values into middle school. Well, it's fourth grade. Then there's middle school program. It's three volumes of middle school. And we just this year released Regeneration, which is a high school program. And I sat, my son Austin actually had spearheaded the 
high school program. He's an English teacher for high school. And when we sat down to work on that, I really gave the values list because I'm dealing with the high schooler, right? And so I'm like, okay, the most important thing, and what even in my research, I'm seeing this too, boundaries have to be there. There has to be boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, if we're not helping kids to set healthy boundaries, if they don't learn how to do that for themselves, we cannot police every moment. They have access to Mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't teach them how to set healthy boundaries themselves, then what happens is, I mean, this is the vicious circle. Okay, I'm on Instagram. I'll use Instagram as an example because it's really a common one. I'm on Instagram. They feel like they have to be on it all the time. Like sometimes if, if you've got a child that age, you might go into the room at two o'clock in the morning and they could be on Instagram because they have to see, is anybody liking my thing? Is anybody, what's going on with this? And so they, they're on there. Um, so that's part of that is helping them set boundaries. They're on the phone. They don't get enough sleep. School starts really early. I just heard in California, they're changing some school start times next year because school starts so early that it's affecting the kids sleep patterns when they're having to, because of the busing and everything, you got to mm-hmm. get so like they're getting up at five 30 Kids that age actually need more sleep than adults do when they're teens. That's when you actually need the most sleep and they're getting the least sleep. Right. So when you have less sleep, think about for myself, what happens when I don't have sleep? If I don't have enough sleep, then everything is magnified. Mm -hmm. I don't deal with things as well. I'm more emotional. Mm -hmm. I'm not paying attention as well. I'm not as aware. Um, And so all those things come into play. Whenever you lose sleep, your anxiety goes up. Your opportunity for depression goes up. So you have, I'm losing sleep because I'm on my phone. A lot of times that's what it is. Or I'm doing homework, but a lot of times I'm on my phone. I'm on my phone. I lose sleep. I become more anxious and more depressed because I don't have enough sleep and I'm in my phone all the time. And now because of that, it drives me. I can't sleep because I'm anxious. So now I'm on my phone and I'm losing more sleep. Like I see in my house, I have to break the cycle. Some nights Mm -hmm. with London, I'm like, you know what? Let's go to bed early. Why don't you just, I'll, I'll go come up in your room with you and we'll just unwind. And we go to bed early. Because I can see that we've got to, she's in a bad cycle and we've got to break the cycle. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, those are things that as parents, I think are really different. My parents didn't deal with me staying up. I was reading books sometimes late at night, but I wasn't on my phone having Mm -hmm. my self-esteem and my identity defined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so how do we teach kids to set boundaries? What are some good ways to do that? Since that's really important for this generation, what can we do to help set those boundaries? We have to raise their awareness on how things are affecting them. And help them to understand that to get their self-worth so that they take care of themselves. It's self-care is a lot of times what that's called. Mm-hmm. Self-care means setting limits on your screen time. Self-care means setting limits on who you're going to allow to have influence and access to your life. Self-care is the thoughts you're going to choose to think about yourself. And a lot of times these things require some counseling help. You, you have to, some kids are going to need those extra little pushes. I know when um, some of the things that counselors do is they'll help the kids walk through what is the truth. Here's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. What does God say about this? What's mm-hmm. the truth? Mm-hmm. So that can, as a Christian parent, that's a good place to go. Okay, what are you really thinking? And not to take and go, well, you shouldn't think that because da 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 da, which is my tendency, right? My child is mm-hmm. hurting, so I want to say, well, that's just a lie. Instead, it's like, okay, what? but what does God say about you? Like turning that instead of saying, well, I know you feel like that now, but you're not going to feel like that later. You mm-hmm. know, not that, not to take it away and make it minimalize it, but to say, that's a real feeling. So understand that even though that's a true feeling, that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. I know that's how you really feel. That's a hundred percent authentic. 
But what your heart tells you and what God's truth is can be two different things. Mm -hmm. So now let's look and find the real truth. That can be a real practical thing, but helping them to see that awareness for when they're tired, that awareness for how their emotions are affecting them, helping to raise awareness is a big thing. So boundaries are big. Respect is big. Self-esteem. Those are three of the values in the high school book. Generosity. Because a lot of times if we're not focused on ourselves, we can focus on somebody else Mm -hmm. that helps to lift our mood and helps Mm -hmm. to build our self-esteem. So that's another important one. Those are some of the most important things, I think. But Mm -hmm. it really, like Missy, you said before, going to the word, but really giving them the application, attaching where they're at to what God's truth is. Mm -hmm. So they can get, one of the things that's about Z is they can get information from anywhere. They don't really need a teacher. But what they need is a person to bring application. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They need to say, you have this and we have this. And now here's how we join A and B. This is the application. Even as I I think about with my kids when they were young, the big connect for them. And I think this is true of any kid growing up in especially a Christian home is, okay, here's all the information you're getting. You're getting it from me. You're getting it from church. You're getting it from Sunday school. You're getting it from youth group. You're getting all this information. How does it apply to you? And where do you connect into this? Because there, there are no spiritual grandchildren. They're only spiritual children. You, you yourself have to make this relationship with God. Yes. And so helping them see that for themselves and getting them plugged into that, I think is, is going to be the key in any generation. Yes. And you know, where are we going to combat our fear? Where are we, as a parent or as a child, where are we going to combat, um, you know, where are we going to come up with the courage to, to face a world that looks pretty scary? Where all those things are going to come from the same place from a relationship with God himself. What an amazing thought though, Missy, that we're talking about generations. We know God is faithful to every generation, but that in God's family, we are all children. Yes. We're first mm-hmm. generation we in first his generation. family. That's an amazing thought. That is a very yeah. good thought. Yeah. 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 I was wondering a little bit about the next generation because we briefly mm-hmm. touched on that. So going from the Z, is it the alpha? Mm-hmm, to alpha. Yeah. So that'd be 2013 on. Is alpha. So give us just a little bit of insight on that. Okay, so I didn't really bring my alpha information with me, but some of the things with alpha, um, we're seeing more and more intensity of that Z because now as young children, their screen time is can be very high if yeah. parents don't really monitor that. And a lot of times parents don't realize it because they're on their screen. They're not recognizing how much screen time their kids have. Um, and so that's important. What we're seeing with Generation Alpha, there's little things that happen. They're seeing tech neck occur in little kids. So tech neck is when our neck is hunched over, you know, like you're at your computer too long or you get hunchy. They're seeing that that happen with young kids. Um, and even they mimic the parents. So I remember when I was young, my brother's a lot younger than me, 17 years younger. And I, my hair is kind of long and I have these bangs that would come down to my eyes. So when I would eat, I would hold my hair back and I would eat. Now my little brother had short hair, but when he ate, he started holding his hair back when he ate. Because he was doing what I did. He was mimicking what he saw and he thought that's just how you eat. (laughs) And so what happens is even if the kids aren't on their screens, if their parents are, the kids are starting to hold their head down and look down all the time because that's what they see their parents doing. Wow. And so that's one thing. Another thing they're seeing with the Generation Alpha is that some of the kids, their peripheral vision is not developing normally because when you play outside and you're taking in the world in that 3D arena, your your eyesight develops a certain way. If you spend too much time on the screen and you're all focused in that one place with those 2D images, you're actually not developing your peripheral vision the way that you ought to be. So there's things like that that are coming into play. Mm. So there's um, physical things. Physical mm-hmm. things that are mm-hmm. actually happening with generation z um you know they're expecting now everything is really most information you find is 
either about parenting or it's about marketing too. And the marketers are the ones that seem to have all the, you know, update on, on that. But when it comes to parenting, what I would say is we're kind of extending that Z. I know we got to get going, but you want to make sure you're monitoring the screen time. You want to make sure you're getting eye contact when you talk. You want to include them in traditional play activities. You know, those things like finger painting and the messy things in life. You want to get them involved in the messy things mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. You know, the things yeah. that you're like, oh, this can be a screen. It doesn't make a mess. Well, get the Play-Doh out. I know yes. it's a pain. It gets stuck in the carpet. But some it's, of those things important. are really good for them. Yes. yes. It's and, and so giving them, finding some of those traditional things to connect on, those traditional toys, traditional play things, telling stories, hearing it from their parent rather than watching it online. Because they, they can watch all these three little kitten stories online and all these cute little things. And it's very visual. And it really, um, it gets their mind going but they need that connection they need that close well and time. i think they need imagination they do mm, yes yeah, absolutely and with, with yes. everything played out for oh, that's them such a good point you know they're not using their imagination it's all there you're seeing a lot of studies now that says you know they need time to be bored because that's when their activity mm-hmm. yeah. their imagination yeah. begins to work and that's mm-hmm. when they develop it yeah Oh, yeah. this has just been, this week has actually just been too short. <laughs> it's, it's, there is just so much information. And uh, listeners, I don't know what all you've heard this week, but man, you need to go to the website and you need to look this up and you need to listen to anything that's out there. This is just amazing. And Dawn, uh, we're at the end of the week here. Can yeah. you one more time tell our yes. listeners how to get a hold of you? Yes. Okay. So you can reach me. Um, we have a website, globalpriority.org. So globalpriority.org, you can find me there. My email is valueswhisperer at gmail. And you can also find me on Facebook. I'm Don Yoder. And I'd be glad to connect with you. I can come. I can speak to your group. Um, go through whatever's important to you. Maybe you have a certain generation that you're mo- more focused on that you want to hear about. We can do that or an over- overview. But um, I love being able to connect with people because what I find is that we feel isolated sometimes, like we're the only one going through something. Mm -hmm. And when you start to hear that these are generational conversations, you understand that I'm not the only one who's struggling not to parent my child out of fear. Mm -hmm. I'm not the only one that's struggling to connect with that millennial at work. I'm not the only one. And when you understand that, you feel, you find that you have a community and you have hope because other people have had success and you can have success too. And so we can create relationship. And these are all, everything we approach through values it's biblical. It's founded on God's word. It's his instruction through Proverbs, through Jesus, through Paul, through, throughout the Bible. He gives us instructions on how to live. And we're going back to those basics on how to live, but also with understanding the signs of the times and the people of the times. Mm. Oh, so good. So very good. Thank you so much for being here this Thank week. You. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you here. I'm sure that Carol and Missy would agree with me Absolutely. 100%. Thank so. you so much. Thank you. Anyways, hey, listeners, thank you also for being here. We appreciate that you are there. And uh, we hope that you have learned a lot this week and that we've made you hungry for more. So thank you for joining us here in the Circle of Friends. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com.
Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then, meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed. <laughs>